Welcome to The Wiretap, episode number 16. Today is Monday, June 3rd, 2017, and I'm here in lovely Burbank, California. It's burning over here. Uh, hi, Chad. Hello, Michael Jackson. <laughs> we all love you. We all miss you, Michael Jackson. It was an Indian dude, right, that sang that one. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Was, that, was a, yeah. that was a loving how tribute. Can, well, I love how he fits all of the lyrics into a song that doesn't fit the lyrics in. So it's like, how can we see you again? <laughs> we all remember when you make wonder. You're so one. If you haven't seen that video, Michael Jackson. In, I don't even know what you would type. We are, Michael Jackson. Like, yeah, you'd have to get Michael Jackson song. funny, but there's a lot of things yeah. you can put that would be Michael Jackson funny, like yeah, his hair getting yeah. set on fire. But it's, it's amazing. It's the guy who sings the fish song, and he does a tribute to Michael Jackson. It's amazing. Yeah. You taught us to moonwalk. <laughs> you created the moonwalk. You make yeah. wonder. Like okay. there's there's no regard for for uh, the amount of syllables you should fit into a phrase or or, or any other. <laughs> it's very free form. It's, it's progressive, man. It's 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 it's, yeah, prog, it's, some, it's prog rock. That's what it is. I think Michael Jackson would have been proud. I think I think he would have covered it. So uh, yeah, what are your plans for uh, the fourth, dude? Nothing. Uh, Long Beach is notorious for fireworks. Yeah. Going off all year round. Yeah. So tomorrow That's should been be horrible. All, all, and all, for like four days, it's like you guys, like you said, you guys are the real problem with this country. <laughs> I can't yeah. enjoy. The, I can't <laughs> yeah. enjoy the Fourth of July when I share it. And man, it's, it's like okay, yeah. J- July Fourth, man, the day of our, our American independence, right? This, this, this is something to celebrate our country for with, and 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 in the ramp up. The most childish thing uh, American president has ever done, and I'm counting the same president in the same time frame because <laughs> it's like a new low. It's like, like there is no bottom. The CNN uh, tweet, and you're a wrestling fan, right, yeah. Chad? So, so you, did you find it amusing? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. First of all, first of all, I, first thing I thought was, well, this is a, WWE is a public traded company. Yeah. So I don't know how happy they would be with the fact that Trump is using that. But see, he got that off of Reddit. And it, there's a bunch of memes, wrestling memes, because he did like a stint with WWE for like three or four months leading up to a WrestleMania where he uh, he first came out and got booed like crazy. Yeah. But then he dropped dollar bills from the ceiling and people started to like fall in love with him. And, um, you know. It, it it was ridiculous. Uh, and from what I understand, the the wrestlers who were a part of it said that when he was around the guys, uh, around the, the wrestlers, he conformed to talking like one of the boys. But right. when he was not around them, he was completely different. And so, you know, but they, they didn't have any trouble with him or anything. And for for a man that has no athletic ability to actually take down Vince McMahon, uh, he also sells the the Stone Cold Stunner, probably the worst that I've ever seen, other than <laughs> Linda McMahon, who also got stunned. Uh. But um, and he 
and and you could always tell. Uh, I don't know. You could tell by the 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 manliness by the way a man drinks a beer. And when Stone Cold was drinking in the ring, uh, you know, Trump was doing it too. And uh, it, it just looked really awkward and uncomfortable. But yeah, that was him taking down Vince McMahon. Yeah, and, and then, for uh, those who haven't seen it, uh, you're lucky. In, instead of Vince McMahon, it's a picture of CNN, the CNN logo over the guy's face. Just that, just it was just very basic, you know, Photoshop, I guess. You know, you know. Yeah, and if you and haven't you, seen it, you probably live in a cave. And you know, because it's been you'd everywhere. Be better off, but everybody knows it's out there, and we're just like, uh, it's like I'm not even disappointed in him anymore. It's like, uh, like that doesn't mean it. Like disappointment. Like what does that mean? I'm like, I'm disappointed in society. It's just ended already. Like we're supposed to be proud of our country, and this is our president. This is what he's doing. He's such a child. And it's like, you, you yeah, become, it'll continue. Like, but we knew, we knew this would happen. I mean, this was not a surprise. We knew it was either going to be the media or Angela Merkel. He was going to tweet like, about let's somebody. Let's have a little class get somebody like this weekend. Just give us like one weekend or, or, or a couple of days in July where, where you're not making an absolute fool out of our country on a national stage. Yeah, impossible. Impossible. I- impossible. It's like you get like jealous of third world countries. It's like, wow, like uh, th- does the king of Ghana or whatever do things like this? It's like you become really jealous of of, of, of like third world countries where where things like this don't happen. It's just like, man, can we just like bring back cannibalism? Like they got something figured out in, in these barbaric societies. It's like make cannibalism great again. Let's just eat people that that don't belong in society anymore. I mean, this has become like a real, I guess, existential. That got really dark, I know. I'm sorry. I listened to a podcast on cannibalism recently, and it was really fascinating. Martyr-made podcast. Okay. Uh, Yeah, So I got you. Yeah, speaking of existential crises, um, man, uh, you showed me this video from David Foster Wallace called uh, Water. It, 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 it's called water or, or, or what is water? It's, it's one of it's his commencement speech. And just to catch up the listener, you're studying a little bit of uh, is it would be considered psychology. Um, in, uh, no, school chat? it's it's no, no, not psychology. It's um, it's just basic rhetoric. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the beginning of rhetoric and what rhetoric is. And so the assignment that I have is compare Steve Jobs commencement speech to the speech of David Foster Wallace and break it down basically with what rhetoric is. Ethos, logos, pathos. Mm-hmm. And so in listening to both of those, my feeling was um, if you listen to Steve Jobs by itself, you're like, oh, this is this is really good. This is a good uh, speech. But then you compare it to David Foster Wallace and it's just, you know, they have the same message, but at the very end, they're both going to the same place. They just take a different journey to get there. And um, it's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Really, really fascinating. And I'm not I'm not uh, totally keen on David Foster Wallace. I don't know anything really about him. But uh, just by listening to that, I was like, I want to no, read more. Just, because Just, just to, to, to run it down, it's, it, what, what the gist of it is, you know, we – what school prepares you for in the, in the working life, 
would you have a job is sometimes it's very boring and monotonous and sometimes you're just stuck in this hamster wheel and you can look at this is what david foster wallace is talking about this is what david foster wallace is talking about and you go to the grocery store for instance and you see these people in line and they're all miserable and you just there's something like you don't look at somebody in front of you in line and think oh they look like a hard worker you like that shitty person they're just a waste of space and air and you start like feeling like you're like all of life is you're you're the victim of it right and really that's just a narrative that's just a story that you're telling yourself when really if you get to the truth of the matter maybe that person has a much harder life than you and maybe everybody in this line at the grocery store is dealing with a crisis in which you have no idea about so you have no real right to pass judgment on them you probably have it a lot better than a lot of other people you know and to to keep uh, in mind the right he, he basically brings it breaks it down to the right the reason we we are educated it, it gives you the right way to think to think about what to think the right way as strange as that sounds and as basic as that sounds it's really important and it takes a lot of discipline for me what i took well, away and i from, think that from, go ahead yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think the thing that 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 really stuck out to me is um, that was an important piece. But the the towards the end, he starts talking about if you idolize yourself as a genius, you're going to end up feeling stupid, dumb and alone yeah. because you're going to be a fraud. If you idolize yourself in physical capacity, uh, you're going to end up being a fraud and you're going to be end, end up alone. And if you're not helping people and you're not working with them and you're not listening to them and you're not open to ideas and uh, views, you're empty. Basically, what you worship will destroy you is the takeaway from that ending. Um, that, that, there's, that's pretty deep. There, there's a lot of meaning in that. What I took away from it, Chad, is you know how I had you do that meditation app for, for uh, seven days? Uh-huh. I, that's really what that, that scenario of feeling like you're the victim of all of life and everything's against you, this me-centric way of looking at the world. Meditation has really helped me unplug that and turn around the narrative and say, wait, maybe that's, that's just a choice. That's just a story that I'm telling myself. You can just as easily tell yourself a different story. I wrote a blog called "Overriding the Narrative" on mindfulness and meditation, and I I actually just like finished like 120 days straight of meditation every day. I stopped because it started turning into uh-huh. a, a grind, but the I feel like I I have a full cup of this stuff, and I'm just carrying it around everywhere. And you know, sometimes I slip, sometimes I I get upset irrationally over a situation, but it really has been helpful. In, in helping to change the way I, I, I see things. So let's talk about rhetoric, man. Um, you started discussing some things that actually I've been studying, which are uh, logos, ethos, and pathos. For the listener, do you want to discuss what each, what each of those things means? We start with logos, I guess. Well, the, well in order to explain... Uh, the. Rhetoric is like a triangle, right? And in order to have rhetoric, you have to have this triangle. And in the triangle, you have ethos, which is like establishing who you are. For example, Troy McClure from The Simpsons always oh, starts off with, you, you might know, have hi, known me from, from, from Monkey Business. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. 
he establishes who he is as a as is a credibility. So the audience immediately buys into what he's saying. Um, you know, so that that's part of it. The other is uh, you know uh, logos, which is which is logic. Uh, eight out of nine dentists prefer Crest. Uh, doctors say that Camel cigarettes are the healthiest for you. That yes. establishes logic more, within more, your more doctors uh, smoke Mar- persuasion. Marlboro. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens. I mean, if you listen to old old radio or old uh, advertising, mm-hmm. they had they had advertising where they would say, um, you know, these new filtered Lucky Strike cigarettes are uh, you know doctors prefer them over any other cigarette because of the smooth flavor and the filter that it has within it. So, uh, you know, they they would use that for their, uh, you know, for their logic. Um, pathos is more emotion and more what I think people are in tune to, especially right now, because it's based on emotion. With everything that's going on in politics, yeah, it's all based off of emotion, and there's not a lot of, uh, establishing who you are. If you, you know, for example, just basically, if you're going to look at pathos in advertising, oh, you don't have to look too far to see like um, the commercial cells, for the maybe. ASPCA. When oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, 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 that the could be it. Dogs, but, but, yeah, tortured dogs with in the arms of the angel playing in the background. That strikes a chord. That strikes an emotion, and so that. Act- Advertising would be pathos, but if you look at someone like Donald Trump, he's ninety percent pathos and ten percent ethos, right? Uh, yeah, there's no logic in what he's it's saying. It's like okay, you, I'm Donald lies. Trump. You've known me for forty years. Blah. Let's get okay. I'm rich. Okay, that's his credibility. The pathos is they're killing, right. the, the people are coming across the port borders. These bad hombres, and so he's going to strike at the emotional core of what you think and believe. And it's going to appeal to a lot of right wingers because uh, I was listening to Jordan Peterson speak today and he talked about how people on the right side of, of the political spectrum, they like the idea of borders between people. They're, 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 they're more the anti-globalist and the, yeah. they, since they're high in, I, I believe you, you'd call it a sensitivity to, to pathogens like, like Hitler, for instance, was high, was like a germaphobe, and he he bathed like four times a day, and he started w- when he sa- when he became chancellor of of Germany with like getting rid of all the rats, right, and, and delousing the the, the in- industry. Then it slowly moved up to people. So started with with little uh, microbes, moved up to rats, and then moved into people that he thought were impure because he thought of the German uh, population as a body. And that the, he and a lot of the SS and the Nazis looked at exterminating Jews as germinating, a, a, a delousing, basically. And so there's an element now. Now it's not that extreme for a lot of people, but a lot of people on on the right wing kind of see see wanting a distance between the unknown, like other cultures. Like okay, like <laughs> my my dad will even talk about like you know I have a backyard and I have a wall around my my backyard and I don't want to let my neighbor in. Not that I hate my neighbor, I just want to keep distance. Like okay, yeah, I get it, dude. <laughs> so they they appeal the border. So so going back to Trump, 
when he talks about the border wall, and even when I was talking to my, to, to my friend Mike, he's like, well, yeah, the immigration issue was, was struck, struck big. It's like, okay. So people on that side of things, really, it appeals to them that, well, yeah, there's they're sending these rapists over, and I don't want to get raped. I don't want to get murdered when you are far more likely to get uh, raped and murdered by an American citizen. But whatever. That really just appeals to the gut check. And that's what's going on. Like, if you if you had to talk about Trump's rhetoric, it's 90% pathos. It's like, I want to hit you in the gut emotionally. And then... 10% ethos, no logos, nothing logical about it. If you fact check in, you're fake news, right? And that's why the CNN yeah. thing, like his, his tweet, it was supposed to hit at your emotional core. Why? Maybe he needs to change the narrative. Maybe things aren't going well with the Russian investigation. And so he has to, he, he does these things just to get a rise out of people, which is fine if you're a troll and a public citizen, but you're president. You're the friggin' president of the United States. You're not a child. Yeah. So yeah. So logos like who, yeah. Who, no, he. Who, it's, who, but go ahead. Here's the crazy thing about it, though. Is not it's his his rhetoric is not intentional. Oh yeah. It, it's it's it, com- it, 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 it's a completely free form. It, it's improvisation. Trump's is not. Yeah, exactly. Like like Hillary will give you. A, I don't, a he's not even smart enough logos. to improvise. His is just based on stupidity and gut reaction. As an improv teacher, it insults you. (laughs) Yeah, no, what he's doing is he's, he has people that are saying, you struck a chord, stick with that. And there are people that are listening to him that are, uh, you know, it's just blind faith into, into what he's saying. But I don't think he is a map. He's not a master orator and he's not using rhetoric in a way that I, I think he's using it in a very basic, basic primitive way, as opposed to someone like Hitler and, and, or someone like Obama. Oh yeah. 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 Who, like like were, Hit, were masters. Did, did you say Hitler and Obama? Yeah. Okay. I mean, they were masters Glenn, Glenn of rhetoric. going to like that. Uh, <laughs> so you, well, I, well I, rhetoric can be, rhetoric's not a negative thing. It, rhetoric yeah, rhetoric can be used it, for, for good and it can be used yeah, for, for evil. I think right. that but he's re- the ultimate, of of pathos of, of American politics, it's it's like what we've come to. We we've dumbed down the population to the point where he like people like in the Rust Belt are looking at him well, speak and saying he's really speaking. He's speaking truth to power. I got a guy on my well, side. And now. you look at it, you look at it, you look at it from from any any politician really. Even the Democrats are doing it right now with health care. Yeah. I mean, that's all. That's all rhetoric. Rhetoric. That's all pathos, and a little bit of logos. But logos is uh, as far as it's hard. Um, the the numbers working in their favor, and the logic that works in their favor. So it, it's it, the and and rhetoric was born with democracy. Before democracy, there was no rhetoric. And so that's it, it ties in heavily to politicians. That's right. Because, because they rely before, on people's emotion that, to vote. Before democracy, you had you didn't have autonomy amongst the citizens. It was the king's will. And so there wasn't a need for rhetoric. That that's very interesting that the whole rise didn't didn't Plato write the first writings on rhetoric, if I'm not mistaken? Uh I think it was Socrates. Oh yeah. And I was his teacher. Uh, maybe. I could yeah. So, yeah, it's but if you look at 
look at what they're doing. Uh, you look at like Ted Cruz. Rhetoric is like what his rhetoric is in what? What would you say it's in? Uh, I would. If he's going to spew rhetoric, like zero ethos, credibility. Who who am I? I'm I'm a slime ball. Uh, <laughs> I would look at the or the, the, or his credibility. I, 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 I would look at he's... like seventy percent pathos, like emotional, and, and he's actually right, somewhat what, intelligent. So his pathos is different than Trump's, right? If you yeah. look at if you look at his rhetoric. And what he's saying and Trump's rhetoric, look, his his ethos is in I'm a Christian man, I believe in God, and this is how I feel the Christian faith ties into the Constitution and our politics. Yeah. And then he'll tie in uh, logos as far as uh, what the Bible says, uh, you know, but then his pathos is talking to and reaching out to evangelicals yeah because there's, getting them there's enough of an evangelical vote in this country that you can just say hey i believe in the same things you believe in and they'll say all right i'm, I'm buying in they don't believe that obama's a christian and in, honestly like i don't want a theocrat in office on on any on on any level i want i want someone who's a constitutionalist if, as uh, my ideal politician that's your religion the constitution yeah. So yeah, I think that we're we're in in an era of, of complete pathos. Where, and, and but logos is hard, isn't it? It's it, it, in a way well, it's the most important. It's not. It depends on it depends on who you speak with. Albert Einstein. That's all his rhetoric was. But right? there's there's an and intellectual so, ceiling to that. You know, I, I I like listening to Jordan Peterson speak, and he's a very intelligent. Sam Harris as well, and. Not everybody's going to be on board with that because you have to sit through and, and deduct and maybe even read, maybe even read a book. And people don't want to read books. There's, there's well, like, you know, here's here's the fascinating thing. You can point out rhetoric and almost anything that I found. I was like, well, how can I apply this to something that I'm passionate about and who can I apply this to? And if you look at someone like Chris Rock, his mm. stand up comedy is perfect the perfect triangle of rhetoric uh he establishes who he is and his experiences so the audience listens to him based on the experiences that he's had in life he touches upon statistical facts occasionally um things that he's watched in media and then uh his reaction to that and it's a perfect way to do stand-up comedy if you have that, Dave Chappelle is another example. He's a great storyteller. Yeah. And so you can you can find that. Um, you want to hear George Carlin you, yeah, is another you, one. Yeah, uh, George Carlin's my favorite. Um, and you can hear, uh, you know, Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle tell stories forever. Chris Rock gave me a lot of truth, and I've always had that belief in comedy that good comedy shows you truth. There is one line in one of his, I think, his first special where he said, women want only one thing, and only one thing, and that's everything. <laughs> and then he, he breaks it down, and he goes into, listen, this, this is never enough. It, 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 you, 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 can, you can reduce it. And it was amusing at the time, but as I started like becoming a man and dating, I was like, oh, yeah, that's like I keep going back to that. It's just like they, they want everything. So 
<laughs> so yeah, if, and if, if you, they, they will compare themselves to, and that's uh, what is it? Is it sexist? I don't. Do I have any female listeners? <laughs> but it, it really, do we have any out. listeners? That's uh, the question. That's, uh, we have Who's Mike. listening to our show? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Perfect. You know. Um, you know. I'll, no, I'll have to tell you to what, Trump, what Mike said um, later. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, going back to Trump and his behavior, and what he's been doing. Uh, you know, he gets enraged by criticism, and he gets enraged by scrutiny. And they all reflect the unpleasant reality that he desperately wants to erase. But in Trump's mind, the problem isn't the profound incompetence. The problem is that the mirror reflects back to who he is as a person. And that's where we're running into huge problems with him, is that he's mirroring mirroring himself and his character and defining who he is by looking at the rest of the country, and therefore he ends up because uh, deep, you know deep in the cellar of his being, he knows that he's incompetent, and he knows which that, means that history is going mis- to is going to compare him to Obama, and they're going to not. Judge well, him I think kindly. he's he's just he's delusional. He's delusional. I don't think he ever thinks that he's a bad person, but subconsciously, what he does is he. Uh, uh, he uh, he ends up putting his own character on other people subconsciously. And so he's mirroring his behavior. So like if you're dealing with someone uh, that, you know, let's say a family member, right? Yeah. And they're always nasty and they're accusing you of things and they're horrible people. Most of the time, unless you're a total ass, most of the time, they're mirroring their behavior yes. based on what, what they're doing as, as people. And they, they take that out on you uh, because uh, they subconsciously are mirroring themselves. And I think that's what Trump is doing. I don't think he's smart enough. Again, I think this guy is not smart. I don't think he has uh, the capability... To, and I, you know, here's, I don't even think it thing. was his idea how, to send this Twitter. How does a not smart person, and I, I don't disagree with you, Chad. How does a not smart person clinch the presidency of the United States of America? He speaks to other not smart people. Mm. That's so all that, he had to do. He he didn't win popular vote. He won in the state. Look at the states and look at the people that voted for him. We're going to get coal back, right? We want coal. We want uh, Mexicans out of this country. Those people are not in tune with real society. And if it is, you want to call the society that they live in real. These people, they're people that are depending on coal jobs because they haven't had the opportunity to get an education. They don't have the ways and means to get an education. And so they rely on going back into these coal mines that are probably going to kill them. They're looking forward to going into a mine that's going to kill them uh, at an early age, and so th- that's that's who he he got. So, he so got you the view racist. it as endemic stupidity. Uh, I uneducated. I would. I don't even know. For him, stupidity. His voters just uneducated and not grasping. You know, I, I think it has to do with racism. I think it has to do with uh, people who are not educated. I think it has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, 
and and I missed the conversation with Mike. I wasn't there, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, next time we have him on, you know, what was what was his reason for for voting for Trump? Well, basically, he never connected with Hillary at all. And he, so that was the reason he voted for Trump. It well, you wasn't know what? Republican I, 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 views I, I, or policy. I, I can't speak on his behalf. He basically said, well, who's not bought by Wall Street? Who is going to change things up? Like a lot of Republicans, a lot of right-wingers, they want, they want to see a little bit of demolishing going on in the current system. But okay, so... So, 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 so what, what, so what, you, what you're, is, you're, you're voting for is a a change and you don't know how, how far along I I'm sure he and a lot of other voters were like, Oh, he, Trump's just going to reel it in as soon as he's in office. Well, you know, I was listening, uh, briefly, 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 Tim Conway jr. Is in Huntington beach today. Mm-hmm. And he, there were people that were listening to him. It was a, it was a, uh, you know, public, uh, show where, where he was out doing his radio show in front of the, the people. And he yelled out in Huntington Beach, how many of you voted for Trump? And the majority yelled and screamed out of excitement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people are, it's fascinating. Are, are, yeah, people are, are afraid to say it. Here's, here's another thing, too. No, uh, they, I, they were excited. They were proud. They were proud that they, they voted proud. for him. And, and, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, what I'm on about. Because this whole process of, of trying to understand the Trump phenomenon and, and why he's the president has led me down to a path of trying to figure out what is wrong, why this is happening, and has led me to the other side. And it has led me to a place where I'm starting to to really get it. Social justice is a toxic thing going on right now. What's going on on a lot of college campuses and the utter intolerance of opposing views is what's happening. They're changing the language. What, what cisgendered? I'm trying to figure out what this is. I'm a Latinx. The whole idea that there is no biological basis for gender. And I'm reading stuff like on uh, about other kin, people who identify as a dragon. And it's, so I've heard it get really reduced to the whole overwhelming idea of postmodernism which and i'm not going to do it justice because i'm studying this right now i'm deep in it right now but postmodernism is basically the world is open to interpretation if i see a a pencil on the table and you want to call that a unicorn you have the right to call it that because it's completely subjective what reality actually is and it actually occurred in the 70s well, once it was clear that the that Marxism was failing, the newest iteration of Marxism and communism is this whole idea that you are open to interpret the reality any way you want. And as it rolls down the pipeline, you not only have to tolerate other people's view, views, you have to be completely sensitive to what anybody wants to self-identify as. Then you have these what's all, all the right wingers complaints social justice warriors what you have with uh the intolerance of the left what we call the regressive left trigger warnings safe spaces all these things that that 
the right wingers that Republicans are complaining about, there's actually a valid argument. Now, Trump's not the solution to those things. It's really sad that there's this movement going on and Trump was not the solution, right? And all these problems, there's a valid case for it. So you can say, okay, we had our first black president and then now we're going to just accept the Goldman Sachs, Hillary Clinton candidacy and just say, well, we're going to have a woman president, just deal with it. You know, the, the progressives won the the uh, culture wars and deal with it, you know, and maybe you or I, someone who's more in the middle can can deal with it. But people were really upset. Now, yes, there are racists. Yes, there are ignorant people. But there's a lot of people that are just sick of the PC culture. And it's come to this. And this is their big middle finger to that entire movement. And that's why they. I think that is true. I also think it's absence of leadership. Like, okay, so Obama was, I would say, in a perfect world, Obama was a good leader. But when was the last time we had a leader that united the country under one banner? Not because of 9 11 or not because of. When was the last time you heard a Republican speak out? I mean, there's a couple that I've heard that. McMullen is a perfect example. He's a good leader, but there needs to be more of them. When was you, the last you can time you say, heard? You can say like Franklin Delano Roosevelt, but was that even the case? I mean, uh, so, so think about uh, I, well, I, Eisenhower. It was, okay. it was a different time. Let's talk Eisenhower. Okay, we'll go through it from from FDR. Okay, most people agree he was a pretty good president. He, he like anybody, he has his flaws. Okay. Okay, so let's go to Eisenhower. Okay, people liked Ike. He was a very likable president, but still, he kind of let the bandits take over. And he he even warned about the military-industrial complex when it was happening. Okay, then we have, like, who's considered a great president, John F. Kennedy. He wasn't able to accomplish much, and they didn't really enjoy that we had a Catholic president. That was weird at that time. So, yeah, he got shot. Then you move on, and we have uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson. The country was very divided at that point. The country was very against the Vietnam War. Then we have Nixon, and we know how that turned out. And, yeah, people, people. I mean, if you ever read Hunter S. Thompson, I mean, that was his Trump. <laughs> that was the Trump of his day. Like, he hated Nixon, hated him, and spoke out and wrote very eloquently about how much he hated him. Then you move on down. Who we got? Gerald you, Ford. It's funny that you bring up Nixon because what I'm reading about Nixon right now is when he was running for vice president of the Republican Party, he ran into an issue of taking money from as like a secret slush fund uh, from voters, and uh, people were outraged. They wanted him out. Even the right wanted him out. They didn't want him around, and. and Instead of dodging the issue, he headed it face on, gave a perfect example of rhetoric, and um, explained that, oh, my wife isn't on uh, my staff. I've made a conscious effort. If I wanted to make money, uh, I would have put her on the staff. Uh, It went through this whole thing. And at the very end, he said, there's one thing else that I want to talk about that I received uh, from a uh, supporter. And uh, it's very important that it discuss this. I, um, we recently got a puppy named Checkers and it was for my daughter. And we, with that 
dog, it has been great because it's an amazing dog, blah, 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 blah. Went on and on about this dog. And he said, and we are not going to give that back. That rhetoric was so strong oh. that he There's he ended up they ended up sending people ended up sending him thousands and thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars for his campaign. They ended up um, giving him um, dog food and leashes. Checkers and was a pretty famous and, presidential pet. You don't really hear about presidential pets. Like yeah, Checkers was yeah. up there. Wow, I didn't know that man. Yeah. So. Yeah, so it, it's fascinating, uh, but it, it, it was—it's very interesting how, how that happens. Now, with with Trump, if he was any good at rhetoric, he would have already fooled us regarding Russia, but he's so stupid, which, which, he just doesn't get it. Which brings so. you to, to to kind of answer my question. I think the the one president that united the country to a certain extent, except for the far left, was Reagan. Like he worked with bo on both sides of the aisle. And I don't think he was a perfect president by far, but he's he's one person that, and no. maybe this is the ether of my youth that was like, oh, that's just my president. Like, I don't want to show Julian, I don't want Julian to know, I don't want my son to know that Trump is the president. I, I mean, because I don't, I, I wouldn't want anybody whose behavior is so mean-spirited and immature to be any sort of, adult figure in his life. And that's really weird because I would have, I would like let him know that Ted Cruz is president, although I wouldn't like him at all. I, I would understand that this is a somewhat civilized person, <laughs> you know, but I don't like you should, I feel like you should protect your children from negative characters until they're old enough to understand and put them in context. So that's weird. Yeah. I think that's new. I think that, well, that, that my feeling my feeling on it is that um, he, he, the, the, this lack of leadership number one that, that's where you get uh, you know who who's the leader is it was it, for the Democratic Party was it Hillary was it Bernie what was where was the leadership where was the message that the United message and that's another reason that the Democrats are holding for right now. In special ele elections, is that there hasn't been a special message? They don't are they're not on the same page. They don't know. And once that starts to happen, you're going to start to see people unite around an idea. But you know, the it, you know, I think with millennials and with with uh, people that are even uh, younger, you're going to run into. Uh, the, the leadership is the, there's lack of leadership there, yeah. um, and I don't know if that's because everybody got a trophy. I, I don't know yeah. if that's because um, you know it was everything was a safe space. I don't know. You know, there there's a lot to 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 discuss about it. It should be a whole other podcast, but you know, it, it's maybe it's because we're old. Because you know, people older people thought we were the same way when we were younger, but. It's it is different. It's very different now than because they have a big opinion about things, but the majority of them don't vote. So you know, well, they I, don't. I would like to think that for at least some of the population, they're reacting to it the way I'm reacting. I am engrossed in the philosophy of how nations 
rise and fall because I feel like I could be experiencing the fall of the Republic. And so I'm fascinated with how these characters operate. That's why when you're talking about logos, pathos, ethos, I was already reading on that stuff because I, I want to be informed now more than ever before. I feel like a child back in school studying and trying to, to get a grasp on, on the situation and under, really understand the other side. So when you talk about leadership, I think if the Democrats come through with some sort of overlining philosophy, it has to be inclusion. It has to be, I want to see the other side and meet them halfway. I want to understand what their arguments are and make a deal with a compromise and say, listen, we can work together. This is yeah. ridiculous. It's not helpful. Like sticking by Trump right now is not helpful for your career at all. Okay. Because well, Trump is, 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 is the that... standard party of your, he's not the leader of your party. He's a leader of chaos. It, there, it, there needs to be a leader that comes out, whether it's Republican or Democrat, that says, why are we focused on the past and what used to be as opposed to moving forward? And nobody said that. I haven't heard anybody say that. Uh, you know, Hillary was very good at placating the people that were her supporters. And she did a really good job of saying, oh, this is where the wind is blowing. I'm going to end up there. Oh, look yes. at me. I have hot sauce yes. in my pocket. You know, those are all things that are very much placating. There was no leadership there. And, and, Where it, and the it would have worked maybe 20 years ago, like when people were, were buying in. Now everybody's like, really? You you, you change your stance <laughs> on, on gay marriage over and over again. How am I supposed to believe you about anything? Where I uh, Here's the thing. Where are the people that are saying, coal miners, you're looking to the past. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about let's, let's uh, be realistic. You know, where you can go as opposed to where you've been. Uh, let's That's talk a good about idea. That's educating good idea. you in say, solar listen, power. We want, we, want, it, we want you to have jobs. We, want, we actually want more than you think. We want what you want. Yeah. We want you to, to be employed. We want you to be productive members of society. And appeal to them on that. because And the hard thing is like they've been indoctrinated to hate Democrats. And they, they don't want to go blue. They're they're holding staunchly onto it because they're marionettes. They're 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 controlled by. They identify as as Republicans, and they're going to go to battle about it because they don't want to read any deeper into it. People don't like to read. People people just want to. They take an interest to politics the way I take an interest to football. And every four years, it's the Super Bowl. It's like, oh, which team do I like? I, maybe I like the Seahawks. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. AFC, NFC, all uh, NFC, AFC, all the way. Whatever. <laughs> and so, hopefully, people start. Things get bad enough. Hopefully, things get bad enough. I can't believe I'm saying that. So that people start to become actively informed with the whole process. So yeah, I I really feel like that's that's what the the one uh, light at the end of the tunnel is that maybe we can now start just getting as as a nation just smarter just more on the ball because this is not a solution right now this is well and the left is just as guilty the left is just as guilty i hear every time i go on twitter 
or Facebook, I hear, oh, the 25th Amendment. Oh, the 25th Amendment. But if you do your research, you're, 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 see, people don't do their fantasy. research. 25th in order for the 25th Amendment to work, you have in order for the 25th Amendment to work, you have to have the vice president vote against Trump. You have to have eight of his cabinet members vote against Trump. Then it goes to the House and the Senate, and two-thirds majority have to vote against him. Then it goes back to Pence, and Pence has to vote against it again or for it. it and there, so there's no possible way. It's easier if you look at the—if you compare impeachment and the 25th Amendment, it's easier to impeach a president than it is to use the 25th Amendment. It's, it's Article 4 in the 25th Amendment. You're going to see— uh, that it's a possibility, but at the same point, it's far more difficult to do that than impeach. But I, there are 20,000 people retweeting someone mentioning the 25th Amendment that have no clue what the 25th Amendment does. And that's part of the problem, too. And so the, these people are like, oh, 25th Amendment, I'm going to shout that out because it makes me feel better. It makes me feel comfortable. I'm going to throw out this vitriol because I want him out. But in reality, do your research, find out the 25th Amendment isn't uh, isn't easy, and it's never going to happen. Yeah, uh, Pence is never going to vote Trump out, and you're never going to have eight cabinet members vote him out either. It's never going to happen. So you know, it, it, and I don't. He, he's never going to be impeached either. That's the thing. It, you're uh, if if we have a majority. Majority Senate and a majority House. They're not going to impeach him. Again, uh, you know, everybody's expecting this Hollywood ending where it's wrapped in a nice little bow and Trump goes to jail. We see him in handcuffs. Pence goes to jail, uh, you know, and it goes down no, the list. Bannon, you, you, you all those people, and the yet. credits roll. Yeah, you haven't earned that yet. And I'm talking about the individual that wants that scenario. You haven't earned that yet. You know what you do is you work on yourself. You clean you, you in your own local community. What you do is you clean up your act. You clean up your character. You get yourself informed. You influence other people to get themselves informed, because we're gonna have to. What own needs to happen? This, we're gonna have to own this. Election. Yeah. When, what needs to happen is people need to register people to vote. People need to make sure that people are available for the Tuesday to vote, or they they vote early. Ooh. Those are all things that we should be concerned with, and not so much in California, but nationwide, you know, in these swing states that, that beat, that beat Hillary, the, you know, they, they need to be on it. I mean, there's no reason why, um, $25 million into Ossoff's campaign and he still lost. Like, like, where did that money go? You put all of that money in and yes, it was a red state. It didn't look like it was going to happen anyway because of history, but at the same point, $25 million spent on one campaign, that is, uh, that's, that's pretty crazy to, to not be able to win that. And so there's obviously a problem. One of the problems is you can't run a moderate. You have to run someone that has an opinion, and you can't have someone that wavers, and you can't have somebody who sits there and says, well, you know, you have to take a strong left view. And if you alienate some people, then you do, but that's the chance you're taking because eventually you stay strong in your convictions. People are either going to bail or jump on board, or you're going to have some people that bail and you're going to have other people that jump on board. You yeah. cannot have moderates run anymore. You could have uniters, 
but you have to stay strong in your conviction of this is how I feel about healthcare. This is how I feel about college tuition. This is how I feel about working middle class. This is how I feel about women's rights. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, and the crazy thing I watched a documentary the other day, it was Michael Moore's where did invade next? And you, you go to these places all over the world and they have better health care, better school lunches, better education system, better, uh, treatment for people who are in prison, vacation periods for, uh, people who, uh, are working too hard. Uh, you know, all of those things. And each one will tell you, we took these ideas from the United States, and we just expanded on them. They're, yeah, they're, and they're, so like like the other nations are like Apple now. They take what Samsung did, and now we do it better. <laughs> now, would I want to live in those countries? No, no, no I would not. A lot but of taxes do I think their ideas? You, know? you should see the the way they do school lunches in France is nuts, and. Uh, it costs less than they're like gourmet meals, but it costs less than what we spend on disgusting school lunches that have not been updated because since probably the seventies. Because the food industry you know? has a stake in it. Because I mean, did you did you bring your lunch as a kid, or did you order from the cafeteria? I always had a buck for for the cafeteria when I was in school. All right, so like for for like for like middle school. So you went in, and it was a dollar for for your lunch for that day. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And what was it like? Meatloaf, tortilla casserole. What was it like? What did they a have? Bread tangle of pizza. <laughs> oh yeah, pizza, yeah. Pizza, the, pizza the bread, bread pizza triangles on like a with piece like of toast. <laughs> yeah, with like corn. Yeah. And yeah, it's it disgusting. But you, you yeah. can eat anything it's when you're a child, they, and, and the government takes advantage of that. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's just gross. I mean, I the grossest thing that that I think we what, I've what ever about had that, that cup probably, of fruit salad that was just all like syrup and and, and that, grapes. Yeah, <laughs> but the worst was milk in a bag. Mm, that was the most disgusting. It was a plastic bag where you would put. It was a clear. It was a clear plastic bag, and it was like a Capri Sun, and you poke a hole in it, and you drink your milk from a plastic bag. Like, and sometimes mm. it would be warm. Yeah, it was disgusting. It was it, awful. Well, you know, it, um, it, it, it's warm because it, it was recently pasteurized. That's when they, they take the, yeah. the, the milk cells from a different mammal, and then they just zap the, the, the shit, and all the cells break up and separate. It's like, man, diabetes starts in the school. Yeah, or, they leave it, or they leave it sitting from 12 o'clock to, to 12.45 mm. in the yeah, sun. yeah. And, and, and really, they, as a human you're being, you're not even supposed to be milk. drinking that stuff anyways. So this is all cultural things. But that's the milk and dairy industry, man. Yeah. They have such a foothold. On, yeah. On, on, like, well, it, it, it was really interesting when you have a kid. You know, it, say, say that you, Chad, one day when you have a kid, right, you'll, you'll be in the hospital. And the first thing they're going to give you, oh, well, welcome. Here's a pack of Similac. So you can get the yeah. so the Nestle company can get you hooked on the uh, anything other than mom mother's milk right away, so that you're just buying yeah. in like oh we have a new human being on Earth let's immediately make money off of it. That's how that's yeah how, that's it's how our it's company, pretty disgusting. Our country operates. Hey, can I share something yeah. with you? I, got, I, don't, I, got, I got, yeah, go ahead. I got a tweet from Mike. He said, "I'm glad that you and Chad are for voter ID laws." 
And I think that that has to uh, reference. I'm not for Fodor. I lead Dila. <laughs> no, but he, he drew that That's from, not... from that there should be a penalty if you don't vote. Yeah, the, the voter ID laws are completely different from when you register. I, I'm not saying that someone has to go show their ID to vote. What I'm saying is that when you get your license or when you get, uh, it, it sh it's, not, it's not to prove that someone has their ID. It's to get people to vote is what it's for. Uh, that that's it has nothing to do with voter ID laws. It has everything to do with getting people out to vote. How do you get people out to vote? Well, when they go to get their license, what about then the, they're the penalty, automatically the registered. Pe the penalty for not voting, like wouldn't that the be penalty for not? But no, absolutely not. The 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 penalty to for for not voting is just that. If I go with no ID, I'm not going to get penalized for it. I'm going to vote. So the voter ID itself is is that's not what we're what I'm arguing. The voter ID is separate from going in. You have an ID because you get your license and then you're registered to vote. But it's like being an organ donor. Uh, if I get into a car accident and uh, my my body parts are still working, my insides are still working. They don't need to, to check my ID. Uh, immediately to make sure, I, I don't know, maybe that's a bad analogy, but but what I'm basically saying is anybody can go and, and, and vote without their ID. That's that's voter suppression uh, because there are people that don't have cars and there are people that don't have but uh, in, licenses. In, in the scenario, you can get your California ID. isn't that, that pretty compl complicated? Like how, how what if you get penalized? Like, no, I voted. I just didn't bring my ID that day. Or something. It, it's really. Oh no! It, it gets messy. I don't think is the point. I think no, because if 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 you go right now without an ID, you say your name, you give your address, you go and vote. Yeah. Right. Right. And if someone else votes instead of you, uh, then you find out. You know, if you if you voted, uh, or if you go to vote, uh, there there are ways to fix that issue. What I'm saying for the younger group of people that are not voting right now, uh, which is a big chunk of, of who should be voting, is the way to get Damn them to vote just got shot. is, no, it's Long Beach, I man. Know, it's I the know. fireworks going crazy. Well, it's it nuts. is Long Beach. Um, yeah. So the, the thing is, is that you get these people registered to vote with their driver's license. All right. So yeah. that's how you start that. And then you... You, charge, you you penalize them uh, financially if they don't vote. And I think that's, but that's not voter suppression and that's not voter ID. I don't think you need an ID to go and vote. There are a lot of people, you know, that are, you know, that don't have IDs or their licenses expired or they never got an, a, a, just an ID card. Those people should still be allowed to vote. Yeah. That, that my my feeling is in order to, you know, to 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 get more people to re to register to vote, to be more active. This is how you do. Yeah. It. You know, what? Not, like, here, here's the thing. If I'll, an 80 year old I'll... if an 80 year old woman shows up without her ID, then there shouldn't be she should still be able to vote. I don't believe that the voter ID. I is, think it's overall a win you know, if if we if we do those ideas of. You know what? You get your license. You're automatically registered to vote on on your 18th birthday, and 
if you don't vote in a major national election, there's a small fine. I'll I'll take any of the, any any of the consequences that come after that because here's what you're gonna get you're gonna get a lot of people more people who vote and you're gonna get a lot more people who are informed because they don't want that penalty and they're gonna be like well you know what maybe I need to take this citizenship thing a little bit more seriously and mm-hmm. I think that's that's no, just, that's, just, that's just good for for everybody overall man. Yeah, no, I I don't believe in, in voter ID. I do believe that uh, people do need to get out and vote, though. Um, I real quick, so North Korea launched a missile into the ocean again, mm-hmm. and uh, the official statement from our president is: oh, North wonderful. Korea has just launched another. Yeah, North Korea has just launched another missile. Does this guy have anything better to do with his life? Hard to believe that South Korea and Japan will put up this much longer. Perhaps China will put a heavy move on North Korea and end this nonsense once and for all. So the, the official tweet is, does this guy have anything better to do with his life while the guy that we're following is tweeting about it? Does so, this guy have anything better? See, what you do is every tweet is you turn it back and know that Trump is talking about himself. <laughs> yeah, Does this pretty much. have anything and here's the thing. to do with his life? Taunting a guy, taunting a leader that's nuts with, does this guy have anything better to do? Probably not a good idea. It's not good you for know, policy. It's just, yeah. So it, it, the question that I would have is, do you, do you have anything better to do than just kind of goad us into World War Three? Yeah, because you know what? So it's just how, a, how, how you know, Obama handled it with diplomacy, and he didn't recognize him. He's just like, he just ghosted. Kim Jong-un, right? And it's like, yeah, you, you don't matter. And that just played psychologically to our advantage because you have to, it's not checkers, it's chess. You have to yeah. play diplomacy correctly. But like I said, Trump doesn't play chess. He knocks the board over. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really disappointing. It's like, dude, don't, don't kill us over your stupid fucking Twitter. Don't do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, so yeah, I'm so glad we have great. Here's the thing, man. This is just poor. We'll bring it back to leadership. It's just poor leadership, man. Like this is our leader, and you know what? It's going to it's going to come down. Like when history is written about this administration and what is going to happen down the line, it's going to be like this, man. Okay, so I've thought a lot about this. And this is what I think the possible scenario is going to play out. Whenever Trump is removed, whether it's through an election or other means, do you remember when Lance Armstrong won the Tour de France seven years in a row? Mm-hmm. So in 2009, there were only two Americans that ever won the Tour de France. It was Greg LeMond and Lance Armstrong. When the doping thing came out, if you actually go on Wikipedia and now currently look at the Tour de France history, it's like seven years, there's no winners. The second place guy didn't win. It's like the Tour de France didn't happen. And I think that when Russia collusion comes out, when the corruption all comes to the bottom, the history books are going to look at him as an invalid president. Not an invalid president or a benign one or even a bad one, just one that doesn't even really hit the books. It's kind of like in the ancient history of Egypt, there's like these this one uh, monotheist uh, pharaoh who's just kind of like his statues have been brought down and, he, and his, his name is scratched out of the murals. 
I, I have a feeling that this presidency is going to go down as not just a lame duck, but an invalid one. That's my, my prediction 10 years down the line. Now, what do you think of that? Yeah, well, well, let's see if he passes any policies, if health care passes, if, I mean, you can't invalidate him if he passes tax reform, you can't invalidate him if he passes the Affordable Care Act, the new Trump Care, you can't, I mean, there, there are things that he's done. He'll go down possibly as the worst president in the history of this country. I think but if you I take him just right if, here as a snapshot, like, he's already there. Like Warren G. Harding, uh, well, he, like was was better. Like you, you, you take like Harrison. I think he died like right away. Like he's done more damage to this nation than any other sitting president ever. Yeah, no, it's well, and it's going to get worse. At least he hasn't gotten us into war yet. But that's his next. That's his next card that he can play. He's played all of his as, cards. As, as now the he pressure has the increases card. with the Russian investigation, yeah, yeah, look for that. That's a that's a strange place yeah. to to live existentially, but like I said, what can you do? Improve yourself, work on yourself, inform you, yourself. You just, right? yeah, you just have to make sure that people see. I don't think you know. There's a lot of chatter on Facebook and on Twitter and social media that it's oh we're going to beat him, we're going to beat him, we're going to beat him, but in reality. I think they're still winning. I think we're not even close. I think they have a better message. I think they pound their message home. The Republicans I'm talking about, better they pound message. their message home. I don't think they, yeah, as far, they're, we don't have a message. Democrats don't have a message right now. Yeah, just, they have just a message. Against Trump, but like, that's, that's just being like against cancer. It's like, yeah, of course it's bad. It has to be outlined. I don't think they have a good message, and I think that yeah. the I think that everybody who stands with Trump and doesn't say anything, Paul Ryan, the entire basically Republican Party right now, is going to pay the consequences for for not saying anything at this point, for for allegiance yeah. to party over country, and I think they're going to be. I, I I honestly think that they're treasonous at this point. It's very clear that impropriety has happened, and to be a willing with with even tacit approval, a willing uh, culprit in this is going to not pay pay well to how they affect history. So happy for yeah, July. Yeah, I mean it's possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy your independence while you have. Hey, it. Enjoy your independence while while we we can, we still call this a sovereign nation. Hey, listener, yeah. thanks for sticking with us. Uh, let us know what you thought. Give me a tweet on, uh, and obviously I'm going to read whatever you write. So say whatever. We'll yeah. bring it up. Uh, tweet me at Bob Knows Base on Twitter. Um, I have something for you to check out, dude. I think it's. Re- I think you'd really enjoy it. Uh, the podcast is Philosophy Workout, and it's Jordan B. Peterson, uh, personality number seven, Carl Jung, and the Lion King, and how the allegories okay. of the Lion King are completely Carl Jung. And so I'm, I'm getting deep into this stuff. I'm really obsessed with uh, Jordan Peterson, who's known as like a right winger, but his message is much deeper than just party. It's, it's actually, I can talk all day about it. And in fact, I'm studying it right now, but check out listener, check out philosophy workout podcast, Jordan B. Peterson, 
Carl Jung and the Lion King, part one and part two. It's fascinating. You'll learn a lot about politics, about how uh, the mind works, about the philosophy behind it, and about Carl Jung, who's one of my favorite uh, philosophers right now. So thanks for listening, um, everybody. Go, go on, get, chat. Did you get HBO? Hold on. Did you get HBO Go yet? No. haven't done it yet. Uh, it, dude, a free first month. What are you waiting for? Okay, what do I have to check out? It, everything. I mean, okay. everything HBO has to offer. I, so I, I, I told you I've only it's watched... It's a free first month. I've only it's watched a free first month. One, one season of Game of Thrones, and it's really frustrating because I like... Oh, I know dude, things. it's not just Game of Thrones. It's everything else. There's so much more. But Veep, right? I heard Veep. One so. free month, and it's... Everything is great, but you need to get first... Then you get John Oliver and you get Bill Maher and you get all that other stuff too. But, uh, you know, I think that, uh, I think you need to get it. It's really good. I, I, You're I, missing out. You know, one day I will. But right now, I mean, with my schedule and with baby on the way, like I just, like I'm here doing a podcast <laughs> and it's like every, okay. tomorrow will be something else. And it's like the time for television and taking in media is really, so podcasts work for There's me. There's audiobooks. Plenty of time. All right, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the time that you get into podcasts, you could use for game of Thrones. <sighs> it's more valuable. I don't know, man. I'm telling you. I don't know, man. I know it's good. Yeah. You watch, watch, watch the second season. You haven't even gotten to the meat of everything in that show. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I, know. I, I I know, like, I, I am, like, 10 years behind everybody. I know. How was, um, how was Dominions 3? Did you see it? Oh, you mean Despicable Me, you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, same Despicable thing. Despicable Me yeah, 3, Minions, it's not Dominions. Okay, so, so check it out, check Dominions. it out. Uh, <laughs> Dominions, the Minion movie. No, like, honestly, it was disappointing. Uh, I don't expect much from well, the Well, not funny, or? It, 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 it could have been way better. Trey Parker was in it. I figured he'd be, he'd be better. Uh, Despicable Me 2 is a much better movie. See, these are campy, fun movies with like these uh, over-the-top super right. villains, and, and it's, it's fun. And there is that. I just feel like it was kind of rushed through, and it was just a very simple, like, oh, he has a twin brother. Oh, he messes it up. It's like you can predict everything. I, th- I was far more entertained with uh... Despicable Me 2 than I was with 3. Are you gonna go? Are you gonna see Spider Man? Yeah, I want to take uh, take Julian to Spider Man. I heard Wonder Woman is awesome. I really wish I was watching that other than Despicable Me three. It was it's like okay, um, it wasn't bad. It's just like I know that that DreamWorks can can like I said, DreamWorks has a different approach than Disney. It's kind of this. There's this middle finger going on the entire time. It's like they're willing to go places that Disney yeah. isn't willing to go. Um, but it's it's fun, right? And and it, it is campy fun with that one. But yeah, I feel like they could have done a better job. Yeah, I watched uh, Angry Birds the other night. The it's Angry Birds movie, movie. on Netflix. Movie. It's a terrible. It's horrible, movie. right? It's a terrible movie. Did you it's watch ridiculous. it? Yeah, Did you yeah, yeah. Julian Jul- 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 was obsessed for it for for a hot minute, like he is with most movies. Um, it's a terrible movie. Yeah, right? and... it was the worst film. Yeah, it. it, it just... I, I I don't think. Like, they had a ton of voices in it. Yeah, Sudeikis is in it, and, and they're generally funny. It's just they, they can't take – they couldn't polish that turd enough. Yeah, so, no, it's it's crazy. I uh, I thought it was awful. I uh, And then now they have the new Emoji movie that's coming out. I saw the preview for that. Are you 
And and I actually had to yeah. like close my eyes and cover my ears because I was like, oh my god, how did this get made? I saw the preview. For now, the do you know? Do you know T.J. Miller? Are you familiar with him? No. Okay, uh, he's a uh, he's a uh, he's an actor that's on um, Silicon Valley. You'd recognize him if you saw him. But he uh, did the Emoji movie, and he released a really interesting interview with the Hollywood Reporter. And a lot of actors don't spill their guts like he does. But um, one of the things he said was he was leaving Silicon Valley because he, he, the uh, the Emoji movie is going to be so good. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if that was a joke or that was real. But, oh, yeah. I think uh, I saw something it, floating around where he just he just burns all bridges, right? Yeah, kind of. He does. He, he does. He's just really honest okay. with what he's saying. I'm not a big fan of his. I, I think he, you know, but you can look no further than David Caruso to find out what happens when you leave a very, very popular show to kind of go out on your own. I remember and, on South Park, you know, do your impersonation of David Caruso's career and the baby just jumps from the building and lands on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, that happens more often than not. You know, the Bo Duke and Luke Duke from the Dukes of Hazard, they left the show, were never heard from again. Shelley Long left Cheers. It's a cautionary. And it's she a had a decent career, but. It's a cautionary. Yeah. Too. All right, man. Hey, man, yeah, I'm so, going to let you go because we're running out of time here. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Do we have a time limit? Yeah, about an hour. It's about, it's been over an hour, dude. So, like. Uh, I say we go later. three hours. If you want us to do a three hour podcast next week, Tweet us hashtag three hours and send uh, we'll ca- go three hours. And send caffeine. Send some yeah, coffee. That's fine. If you here. if so our one listener, Mike, if you want to hear a three hour podcast, hashtag fill three hours. And we will uh, we're gonna go three hours next week. He's going the distance. He's yeah. repeating himself. Okay. Anyways, happy 4th of July, everybody. This will come out after 4th of July, but happy 4th, and we'll catch you later. Thanks for listening. Bye. The Wiretap is produced by Phil Romo and Chad Costello, engineered by Sam Spainhauer, logo and artwork by Jasmine Michelle Designs, recorded in Burbank, California. 